0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Lion podcast. We're here tonight, just about to start open this 2024 MLS season for FC Cincinnati. We're pretty pumped about it. We got a busy week ahead. We got three games in about six days. So, a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about some rumors, um, hopefully, some confirmed signings. We'll get into a little bit of the Canvas kit, which I'm rocking tonight for those that are listening. You know, check it out on you know, all platforms now that it's out and available. So we'll give our thoughts on that. We'll give a little bit of a rundown of the preseason game against New England this past week. And then in the second half, we have a nice uh, Champions Cup preview. We'll kind of lay out what that tournament looks like uh, so everyone's kind of familiar with that. And then we'll do a little bit of a Toronto preview for our first game. So a lot to talk about tonight. But like I mentioned, um, you know, first things first from last week news, Tom Bogert confirms that Luca Orlano, um, is confirmed as a signing for SC Cincinnati. It seemed like, you know, for a while there, we weren't going to get this. Still haven't gotten it from the club, but at least Tom Bogert's confirming it. So it's looking more like it's real. Um, again, all things kind of point to him being a right wing back for now with Barial, you know, being on the left. Um, he did score in last game, guys. So uh, kind of interesting to see, you know, the trialists, they kind of sneaked, a, you know, a, a clip or a video, a meme there. Um, But then uh, Bogart also in the same tweet is kind of confirming that we're also going after other players. Um, So kind of leading into that, guys, you know, I'm going to kind of hit a little bit of these big uh, announcements. So going back to last week, we also had Marco Angulo with a possible loan. So when he's talking about bringing these new guys in, we might have Angulo that, you know, a young player that we thought was going to be this promising guy be loaned out. Um, Sam, I saw that you know he wasn't subbed in on the last game. It seems like Pinto might have taken over his spot. Do you have anything that you want to comment on with that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just wondering if you know it, it seems to be one of those things where you know this preseason he just doesn't seem like he's progressing like they would have hoped. Um, obviously, it, it now seems like Pinto's the guy, right? Um, could be the, that first backup, kind of like Kubo was last year. Um, if Kubo's kind of going to experiment with a, a right wing back to begin with. But um, yeah, I think seems to me that Pinto's kind of fitting more of Pat's style and, and how he's looking to play. Um, obviously, Pat thinks is extremely talented. He's only, what, 21, 22 years old, if that. Um, so obviously, guy's got a bright future. It's just I think the maturity level um, needs to be there. I think a little bit has to do with how the last season ended, um, right. I mean, it was very apparent of that last goal that was scored by Columbus and, and the effort put in by Angulo. I mean, I, I'm I'm just guessing, obviously. But yeah, a, a lone move for Angulo would be interesting. Um, I'm very curious to see where um, would he go back to South America, you know, somewhere. Um, I, I'm not really too sure where where he fits in, especially if, you know, deadlines continue to to close down here soon.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I mean, like you said, Angelo kinda of leaves a little bitter taste in your mouth um saying his name. But yeah, I would say alone is probably his best move. I think, you know, I think he came in in the summer of last year. So he, he we came hasn't before had...
0: the beginning of the year last before... year. Actually. Was it the beginning?
2: Yeah. Oh man. I didn't realize we had him that long. But yeah. so he's had a whole whole season to really, you know, get integrated and and it really hasn't he hasn't made a mark, right. He hasn't made that noticeable difference um, from when he started versus when he ended. So uh, I think he has a lot of uh, maturity, like, like um, Sam said. So I think a loan is probably the best, uh, best option for us right now.
3: Yeah. I, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. Uh, all I can think about is the loan possibility. And like Sam said, where's that going to happen and when? Um, yeah.
0: I think it comes down to roster space. Like we're saying is, you know, if we loan him out, you know, you, you have some depth pieces that you're looking at, you know, if Kubo slides into your right wing back spot right now, well, you know, he's not really your option off the bench anymore. Um, He's not your utility guy. So, you know, you have Pinto there, you have, uh, you know, Steven Jimenez, you know, does he see more minutes, but all things kind of point to Dado Valenzuela possibly being another backup option. He's had a killer preseason from you know everything that Pat Noonan said and from what the club said too, so maybe this is the year for some of these younger guys to get these spots. But again, you know, shout out to Pinto and in, in my opinion for you know possibly winning over that backup spot. Um, speaking on guys, you know that we're finally saying bye to though uh, Ray Gaddis. You know yesterday um, says his farewell to FC Cincinnati. Um, you know I think the stadium should all tuck in their shirts for the first home game in honor of Ray Gaddis. Uh, Sam, I know you put out a tweet about him and Bernadeski, like honestly, one of the the better moments I've ever seen of him going and defending his player. Um, that's what you need on the field. So, you know, my question to you, Sam, is who takes Ray's spot? You know, who's Uncle Ray now on the team? Who's the guy that's going to be the enforcer? I mean, in my opinion, obviously, Miazga is going to be the guy that comes to mind. But you need that uh, the veteran presence, but also you have, you know, gaddis that can kind of use the lord on his side he kind of a calms cool himself down a little bit a cool head reverend ray history. yeah <laughs> reverend ray yeah we'll miss him but i'm I'm really happy for his opportunity i know you have a little bit to talk about on that
1: yeah i mean you know him retiring I don't, maybe is this an official retirement i mean he said he was going to retire last time and we pulled him out of retirement right so who knows what happens with Ray, but um it seems like he is he is moving on. Um seems like he's gonna be an ambassador for uh the USA uh soccer and in, in the indie youth soccer um there scene. Um he's from Indianapolis, so grew up in Indy. Um, you know, me being in the indie community right now, I mean, I I've really heard a lot about his character and, and his growth as a player growing up. So it's been really cool to hear different stories. Um actually know, like, his cousin, which is really cool. Got to, like, talk about, like, him growing up with Ray and stuff like that. So that was cool to see. But, yeah, Ryan touched on, you know, my, my tweet that I sent out. That headbutt, the little encounter that he had with Bernadeski against Toronto. Um, it's only fitting that the first game
0: of the season against Toronto, right? <laughs> you think he could have stayed on for one more game just so we can see, you know, a rematch of that? Oh, That's man. what I was calling for. Or for him to pull the sword. That's
2: my special shout. I mean that just what a great call out, especially with us playing Toronto this week. I mean, I, I, I think you, you couldn't i mean, that's that's a top three highlight, honestly, from um player interactions of last year, in my opinion. I I think that was one of the more entertaining matches for sure.
3: Yeah. Um sad to see Ray go. I mean, like Sam said, is he really retiring at the end of the day? Like <laughs> 2023 or 2022, he said, yeah, I'm going to put up the boots and kind of go on to a different future for myself and my family, and then we see him on the pitch in 2023. So, like I said, it's sad to see him go, but is he really
0: going to be gone? Can we
3: believe him yet? We'll wait to
0: see that. Maybe, you know, creates an opportunity for some young indie players that he's mentoring to come to FC Cincinnati. You know, that'd be pretty special, especially with the connections he has with Chris Albright and Pat Noonan. Um, speaking on, you know, just some other news, you know, I think, you know, obviously we wanted to say goodbye to Ray, but we had these uh, new kits released last Friday, guys. I thought it was fitting. You know, we had this huge snowfall that came in on Friday and then you have a, you know, a white kit release at the same time. Um you know, my initial impressions on this canvas kit is, you know, it's clean in some ways. I know I'm wearing it now. The fit is kind of nice. You know, this material is good, but um, it is a little blank. I don't know. I originally said that I feel like the collar should have the same pattern that the cuff does as well. Um,
2: so, it, is my it... initial
0: impression. Is it cream, <laughs> creamy or is it white? It's off It's off white. I would say it is more creamy, but, um, you know, on the screen right now, it's looking fairly white right now. But if you yeah. look at it in person, it does have kind of like a creamy uh, kind of appearance to it. You know, FC Cincinnati had this event this past Friday. Um, some people got the opportunity to even, you know, draw their own patterns on the jersey too. I don't know how many people want to do that with their actual, you know, $170 jersey, but, um, you know, kind of a unique opportunity. Let's – Maybe see if some artists around, you know, draw on it. I know they did at the event, but for a game or something, you know, let's have some special design for the players or, you know, if, it, if they're really going to, you know, rod a canvas kit. I think everything that they were leaking had kind of rumored it to be, you know, a, a paint splash. Uh, and I was waiting on that. I was waiting for the different, you know, paint brush marks and everything, but we didn't get that. Um, so it it was a little disappointing in some ways. I don't think it's our worst one. It's pretty clean though, overall, um, Sam, any, you know, initial impressions. Yeah,
1: obviously initial impression was, eh, you know, the first time I saw it, but, um, the more I see it, the more I'm kind of warming up to it, to be honest with you, um, really enjoy the, the highlights on the side, um, to, to kind of embody that, that paint, um, and, and abstract kind of, um, design, but. Yeah, to your guys' point, you know, people were saying in person it is more of a cream than, you know, it is a white than we thought uh, based off of the photos. But I'm interested to see what kind of what Ryan said, too, like how fans, if at all, design their jersey since it is, you know, a canvas kit. Um, the, the whole meaning behind it was supposed to be like a blank slate type, you know, create your own um, type type mentality, um, which is obviously from a branding messaging perspective is, is interesting considering, you know, we're not really entering any, anything new or any, any blank slates here. They they should have had this, Sam,
0: they should have had this released when Pat Noonan came in 2022. You know, that's your blank canvas. That's when you're starting. (laughs) That's when you're starting.
1: Yeah. I'm not too sure why they, uh, why they came out with it now, but once again, not, not the worst kit that we've seen FC Cincinnati come out with. Um, Definitely not the best though. Um, I'm I'm happy with it. Um, But to what I tweeted, uh, I guess a month and a half ago, maybe is like when the leaks came out, I was expecting ours to be a little bit more like Austin FCs um, a little bit more creamy with a little bit more of like an orange or a blue kind of like stripe or tint or something to it. Um, But also happy with what we got.
2: Yeah, I would, I would say initial impressions met like Sam said, like, it nothing screams like nothing stands out really i mean i i keep always like looking at the like the little diamond or the triangle i think that's a cool little piece that i um that really stands out to me i i like the um the the border on the shorts too i think that's really kind of cool touch that they added um and then just really like like you said the um the, uh <clears throat> the highlights I think it's on the um Adidas stripes on your shoulder it's got like the orange outline which had cool little detail but um you know a white kit's a white kit and make the way they sold it is just hilarious to me but that's neither here nor there but 160 bucks for a, a white kit is kind of steep in my opinion we, we can talk about prices another time but you know I'll let I'll let Zach uh give his his uh take on it,
3: yeah, um you guys say man, I say it's terrible, um, not a fan at all. There needs to be some at least artistic traits added to it. um, I mean, yeah, it's a white kid at the end of the day. everybody's got white kids, like I understand the meaning behind it create create your own like be out there, put whatever you want on it, but at the end of the day there's nothing to add that's more realistic than a white kit. So I, at the end of the day, I would have liked to see a little more art put onto it. Like Ryan said, maybe a paint splat or something unique. Um, but right now it's just white, white, blue, and some orange. So I we'll see I a lot we'll, of, go ahead,
2: Zach. I did say we'll see a lot of mud on him this season.
0: I think that's what the kind of the, the thing that someone said, I think that's a good point is like, you know, you're gonna have mud on it, you're gonna have grass stains. So in some ways, the the canvas is open for different grass stains, maybe, you know, it's a good opportunity for Tide to come in and have a, a sponsorship here. But um, yeah, well, things that stand out to me, again, like Zach, you made a great point is like, I thought at least having a diamond undertone to it, or some sort of pattern, at least on the initial, you know, photo, we see some of that on the backside, we don't really get the, any of that at all. Um, a nice touch for Kroger, you know, shout out Kroger, Zaxon Player. uh, you know, we get that on the sleeve actually this year. So we get a, a sleeve sponsorship. Um, it is interesting to see throughout the league. I think there was some good ones overall this year. Um, special shout out, you know, at least from what I was seeing for Minnesota's with their like galaxy looking star one. Um, I think that one tops it for me um for other clubs i guess sam really liked the sounders kit i know from before oh, yeah. he mentioned that one that one was pretty clean kind of a classic look um guys i i know next year we're coming up i think in maybe two years or one year is is the uh 10-year reunion or 10-year um kit you know i think uh, orlando just did theirs with their old looking lion i really think that we might bring back the old lion logo for that for that kit um Yeah, Zach's wearing it. You know, if everyone's watching on YouTube, he's wearing it now. So that'd be kind of a cool shout for a a 10-year kit um, coming up. I think it'd be cool to have a black one. I'm just going to throw that out there again until it happens. Um, I'm really pulling for that. But, um, guys, I don't think the team wore these new white kits in this last preseason game, but we did have this final preseason game. Um, We played New England again, and we dominated. You know, at first – you know, we go down and we'll kind of touch on that a little bit here, but we end up winning five to two. Um, so, overall, you know, we'll kind of walk through our impressions of it. In the first half, we kind of get a pretty realistic, you know, idea of the lineup that we're going to have to start the year, at least for the MLS um, season start, maybe not for Champions Cup, but our lineup in that first half Bupenza, Baird, Acosta, Obi. Uh, we have Buka, Trialist, you know, we're going to say, but Orlando. Murphy, Miazga, Robinson, and Kubo. I want to put a special note out there that Barrios was noted to be out because of him regaining fitness. Something to kind of look out for. Um, still not a hundred percent convinced he's even playing for us in this part of the the first part of the year, with his brother being in town and having some agent connections. Is he still working out that South American? Transfer possibly. I don't know. Um, it'll really tell us, you know, this week if he's going to be here and playing meaning, meaningful minutes to start the year. Um, and then, you know, we have Kubo again at right back Orlano at left wing back. Um, and it sounds like New England played a rotated squad. You know, they did not have Carlos Hill, um, which is one thing to note, you know, when you when you look at this preseason game and the overall result. But Sam, kind of walk us through what you saw in the lineup in the first part of the game.
1: Yeah, I think lineup is kind of something that we could get accustomed to here soon. Um, not gonna give anything away because we gotta do, you know, possible lineups for the the Toronto game and, and maybe even the champions cup game. But um yeah, I think parial being out um <clears throat> because he's regaining fitness or, or something, I, I think it'll be interesting to just see what happens with his situation as the the season goes on. I think that'll be hopefully something that doesn't really pull the team back um, and takes attention away from anything that the team is doing. Um, So that's, that's really what I'm hoping for. But yeah, I think to to Ryan's point, we dominated, we absolutely killed it. And the person that is leading that is Bupenza. Like, holy crap, six goals in four games. This guy is on a roll. Like I, I hope, it doesn't, you know, just wear off when it comes to the regular season. I hope he, he can keep it going, but my goodness, he he's on fire right now, and he's he's definitely playing his way into, I mean, MVP conversation or possibly at least, you know, the the best 11 for,
2: you know, the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely on the Bupenza front. I mean, I think the, the Bupenza and Baird, duo I think people are going to be very surprised with Baird I, I think he's going to bring a lot um, that fills in that Vasquez role in my opinion so I, I think that'll be a fun duo to, to see coming into the uh, Cavs game coming up on a Thursday um, the uh, the other good call out I want to say is uh, Murphy I, I'm really pleased to see him in in um, starting lineup uh, week after week with these preseason matches um i am really uh excited to see what he's going to bring this season i think pat sees a lot of um probably growth and improvement over the short off season that we've had but um i think he's going to really grow into that role and um hopefully come out um you know as a leader um on that back line with uh, miazga and robinson cuz i think they're going to be great great mentors to him so that's gonna be one one cool uh bit for him. Um, but yeah, besides that, I mean, I think, you know, Kubo, that's a cool, cool call out. I think um this his um recent match or um just see him in practice hitting those curlers. I mean, I, I think he's gonna be really fun to watch at a right as a right wing back. I think he's gonna be able to take a lot more shots that he didn't otherwise take. He, you started to see a little bit more in the um end of the season, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to be fun to watch there. But um, other than that, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic match. Um, lots of goals. I think we're going to have, have a high-scoring uh, goal differential um, this season. So we'll see.
3: Yeah. Um, obviously, if you look back at the box score, very slow start for us. I mean, we go down 0-1. And then all of a sudden, the second half comes around and we're just shooting lights out. Like goals are going to start flying. I think, throughout the season. Like Zach said, goal differential is going to be huge, I believe. Um, I mean, I feel like we may be giving up a lot of goals this year just depending on what what the lineups look like day in and day out. But overall, goals are going to start flying. I mean, like you guys said, Boop has had six goals in four games. Like, I, I can't wait to see you what he continues to do and hopefully he's not at a stunt where it's just I'm on fire. Now I'm going to back off. Like I hope it, he keeps going and I, I hope this, this fire of goals keeps continuing into what we know as the champions Cup.
0: Yeah. Great shout. I mean, like especially from a striker standpoint, it's hard to maintain that throughout the whole year, but The fact that, you know, he had four preseason games to kind of gel with this team that we've, you know, put together. And he's already showing that, you know, hey, he can score in a lot of different ways, too, I think is important. Um, Zach, great shout on, you know, about Corey Baird. Um, A lot of people are going to overlook him. And coming off of a career year last year, him sliding into a more natural position as, you know, maybe another striker with Bupenza. How do they work off of each other? I know we've mentioned it in the last several episodes, but. I really see him uh, thriving in this role, him creating maybe little pockets of space that Vasquez did so well in in around around the goal. But um, yeah, I mean, you guys are all pointing towards an increased attack this year. And I think that's the overall theme. You have maybe a little bit more coverage in MLS experience in Robinson in the back and Maybe we have Obi drop back a little bit more, like I mentioned, um, you know, so that Buka can go up more. Shout out to him for getting, you know, a goal. Um, I know he was pretty excited to get his first goal for us. Um, it sounded like he was active all game, though. You know, he had three shots on goal. I'm really excited to see this guy play in person. His pace is really going to keep, you know, catch people off guard, I, I really think. in that lineup, you know, imagine, you know, trying to guard Obi, Buka and Acosta. And then you might have interchange between Orlando coming inside and Acosta drifting out wide and Bupenza, you know, running through for Buca to play him through balls. I mean, it is like lick your chops moment for attackers, you know, me being a natural attacking guy. It's like, I would love to play with all of these guys. They're (laughs) all so creative, you know, and we lack creativity in the last year. You know, this is more of a shade of 2022, Our defense wasn't the greatest back then, our center backs, but an increased center back role, you know, this year and really, you know, all out attack in some ways, Zach, you're right. I mean, it's going to create a a goal differential situation where can we outscore the other team? Do we have enough of outside backs that can get back, you know, because teams are going to try to flank us. I really think that's where they're going to try to attack us like Columbus did last year. Um, so how we kind of figure that out early on in the season is going to be important. Um, but guys, I think we've had, we were down at least in the four preseason games. I think we were down in two or three of them and we ended up coming back. So resiliency already, uh, is an important kind of shout out in that Zach, you kind of touched on, you know, Murphy. I want to give a special shout out to Nick Haglin for, you know, almost completing his rehab. It sounds like his hamstring is in good shape, you know, knock on wood right now, but he sounds like he is maybe a week or two away from fully joining the first team. So, um, his depth is going to be important for us too.
1: I think it's, I think it's the coffee. I think it's the coffee. If you've been t- paying attention to his reels, his TikToks, uh, it's, it's having the coffee maker back and put together. It's really gotten his mojo going. Um, man, the content he's been putting out lately World class, world class.
0: Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar, Nick uh, had his coffee maker breakdown in Florida, and he finally got it—you a, a, know—a new replacement, and just had this beautiful video. Sam, the vibes are all back, and everything is right in the world—at least for Nick Haglin.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm I'm really excited though. You know, this all leads up. You know, we had a great preseason. We ended up, I believe, going three zero and one. I think we are three one and zero. We had one tie and three wins. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I don't know if that means anything necessarily, but like I mentioned in the last podcast, trying to replace a lot of starters, bringing them all together on a shorter offseason and to already get results. Um, maybe, again, not in like meaningful ways, but it seems all promising. It seems like they're building. Um, but like I mentioned in the last podcast, it's continuity of coaches that I think is the bottom line to why we're seeing them hopefully do well early on. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that rolls over. Anything you guys wanted to mention, I guess, in the, in the final preseason or any notes from last week. Um, I think one thing I just real quickly wanted to shout out was, um, the referee situation. You know, we had told you we we're going to give you an update on this, but it seems like they did not, agree, you know, find this agreement, um, with, uh, PSRA and the pro refs, um, Sam, we we had kind of mentioned on our on our Twitter that, you know, the the PSRA seemed a little bit sassy and uh, I don't think they liked our comments. We got blocked from the referees, <laughs> which is just hilarious, in my opinion. Yeah, I did not did not see that one coming.
1: Um, I, I had put out that tweet because, you know, I, I was doing my due diligence. I was trying to research why, you know, this deal wasn't getting done, looked at their page and their most recent post was a little sassy, and so I decided to make a comment about it. Um, Apparently, they didn't like it too much because not only did they block us, but they also deleted that tweet. So I thought that was even funnier.
2: Deleted their own tweet or deleted your tweet? Deleted their own tweet. (laughs) Even better.
0: They were being petty about it. The whole thing stems from the fact that they were getting paid, I think, somewhere in the ballpark of $300, to referee the uh, messy Inter-Miami preseason game, which was supposed to hold 32,000 people. Um, I, I mean, again, I don't know. We can get into all the details you want with that situation. But right now, as it stands, we're going to have replacement refs to start this year. We're going to have some new rule changes for this year that we're going to have these you know, replacement referees implement. Uh, One of them being for you guys, um, I don't know if you recognize this or not, but getting off the field in a timely manner. So the players have to get off within 10 seconds for a substitution. If they go down on the field with an injury, you know, they have to get off the field either right away or get right back up or else they'll be out for two minutes. Um, They're finally going to show the extra time and the 90 minutes and 45 minutes on the actual clock in the stadium So we have a lot of new rules and the actual center ref is going to call out the VAR decisions over the intercom. So again, you know, for everyone paying attention this year, at least to start the year it might be a little bit rough with these replacement refs. I'm really interested to see how that kind of rolls over going on to that. I don't mean to take up your guys' thoughts on that, but today we see that Ty Wagner gets his suspension revoked for his comments that he made last year at the end of the year, he had a two game suspension because he went through the proper outlets to get this revoked. One would think because Matt Miaska did attend his classes that, Hey, is his suspension going to get lifted? Um, I think it's, you know, it's gotta be, I think that's ridiculous that it hasn't even been talked about yet. Yeah. I, I, I'm not too sure what, what the thought
1: process is on that. Um, I would, I would assume once again, like he would get off on good behavior, right? Um, by going to class and doing all that. But yeah, I'm interested to see how that kind of impacts. I mean, does it affect the Champions Cup? Does it affect, you know, ML like what competitions are are we talking here?
0: Yeah, I think it's MLS yeah. officiated games, I believe, or MLS sanctioned games. Yeah. Okay, so, so he can play for the Champions
2: Cup still, but he'll miss the Toronto game as as far as we know as of right until now we, until we hear otherwise, is it just one match this the beginning of the season? I can't remember.
0: He's got two that he's actively has to serve. Um, but again, so did Kai Wagner and he had his revoke for doing all the things they asked him to do. So, you know, it, it all leads to, I think that Miazga should either have a reduction down to one game, like, all right, fine. We don't need him for Toronto, <laughs> but um, <laughs> At least, you know, one instead of two. I think it's ridiculous at this point. We still haven't seen any video. The people that accused him are on strike with the pro referees, so they're not even going to be a part of it. Um, and then, you know, he went through all the things they told him to do, and we still haven't had any of that.
2: Sorry, can we just talk about a little bit his, um, you know, the the video for releasing the the kit with him, like, painting, like, knocking on the thing and painting over the – thing just like him knocking at the door giving pizza to the uh refs just i i saw that meme and i just had to call that out
0: that was pretty great you know shout out (laughs) to uh i think it was no content FC Cincinnati on twitter that made that one that was pretty good the other thing a part of the kit release um or i think it was they were interviewing matt during the mls communications day did you guys end up seeing this if you haven't go on twitter and look at this but they asked all the players who was their most famous contact on their phone and Matt Miazga said, Christian Pulisic. And so did Walker Zimmerman of Nashville. And so they said, Well, will you FaceTime him right now? And so Matt said, Sure, I'll do it. And Christian picked up and he talked to him. And then they cut to Walker. And Walker just, his face is like, Yeah, he didn't pick up. <laughs> so he just, caught I think, him, just caught
1: him at a bad time. Right. He caught him at a bad time. I swear. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wasn't wasn't because you know Matt Miazga is, is better or has you know more pedigree or, or anything like that. Um, I mean, probably also like six hours
2: ahead, right? In,
0: in, in the and they, were they
1: were they both at, at Chelsea at the same time? They were not. They
0: I guess Miazga I, I think it was, was like
1: one season off.
0: Miazga was a part of their organization, but he was on loan. Ah, uh, okay. So they I don't think they they might have trained together, but obviously you know through U.S. Men's National Team they know each other pretty well. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think after Miazga's, you know, height difference thing to the Mexican player, um, I think Pulisic probably gained a lot of respect for him after that one. Um, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see. So keep an eye out on that for Matt's, uh, possible suspensions, but guys, I have a trivia question for you before we go to the break here. Um, so what is FC Cincinnati's overall record in opening day games? This is USL, and mls um you can give me a you know percentage if you want or wins or whatever what do you think their overall record is
1: oh man i didn't realize we were going to usl too um was that
0: this yep i was gonna just i was just about to tell you that um i no, believe no. it's been eight eight season this is the ninth season so okay. give me your record out of eight games
1: all right. Um uh, I'm gonna go with we've we've been pretty bad. Um eight games I'm gonna go with two wins, uh two draws, four losses.
0: All right. Zach?
2: I was thinking I was thinking four wins and four losses. I don't think we've had draws on the opening game.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go three wins
2: and five losses.
0: All right, well, stay tuned uh, for the end. We'll give you guys the answer. We'll be right back. So Agility is a
2: technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, That would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment, and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, Circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical core skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, Really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Thanks again for listening tonight. We've had an awesome audience uh, through the preseason, and we're looking to build this year as we get into the MLS and Champions Cup season. FC Cincinnati, again, has a busy week ahead. Um, So again, this Thursday, uh, we're starting our Champions Cup. So this is a tournament tournament. Um, that has been around for 59 years now. We're going to kind of give you a, a background on this. Um, it's against Northern American teams, some Central American teams, and some Caribbean uh, island teams as well. Um, so that kind of represents the CONCACAF region, so they're hence the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Um, there's 10 MLS teams in this year's edition, um, and the rosters you know, for these games have to be submitted about 44 hours before the game you get a total of about 35 players that you have to list unless you bring in new players, then I believe they can be added. Um, and then each round you kind of have to submit um, 14 days prior to the competition, you know, your finalized rosters uh, and so on and so forth. So as it stands now, FC Cincinnati is in the round one. We have a round of 16, a quarterfinals, a semifinals, and then a final game. Um, the series, I guess, the way we look at this for again, those not familiar, Three points for a win, one for a tie, and then to move on, it's going to be an aggregate scoring. So you have a home and away match for each game. The final game is a single game by itself. The tiebreakers are based on away goals. So away goals kind of trump uh, things as well. And then you can get really specific about yellow cards and fair play rules and all of that, but just understand that, you know, there's two games really. So therefore again, like I mentioned this Thursday, we play Cavalier FC uh, Jamaican team. We're going to go down there first. And the reason why is we're a higher ranked team. So we're going to go down there. And then the following Wednesday on my birthday, uh, we have a home game for that. And that makes up the, the first round game. So Zach, you got a a couple points here I know you wanted to make about these uh, yellow card rules. It appears that the two yellow cards um, in two matches will equal a one-game suspension. After round one and after the quarterfinals, that that rule kind of gets wiped and you start over fresh again. Um, It's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, I I thought that one was uh, a bit different than it normally is. I feel like that's a very uh, strict rule um from previous tournaments even um i I think that was i think we're gonna be talking about that one a lot if we continue down this tournament um i mean you've got miazga obi um robinson even i mean hard defending cbs i I think um our yellows are going to be accumulating a bit so i think we need to be um hopefully miazga's classes have been working out but I i think um I think this will uh, be tough, honestly, for us um, going through. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of rotation, I think, in the back.
0: But is, I, I just wanted
2: to make that point because I yeah, think that's, absolutely. that's uh, two yellows and two matches is, is tough.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, in any tournament, right? Um, again, this is intermixed, you know, between the MLS season. So the final game will be June 2nd of this year. Um, so we'll have some MLS Cup or MLS, I should say, regular season games kind of between then. Um, And then we're going to kind of intermix this doesn't sound like U S open cups having, you know, at least established right now at this moment. Um, But we have these two competitions that we'll be in the final game guys is kind of interesting is a neutral site game. Um, But CONCACAF based on the rankings can allow for the higher rated team to be the home team. So it's kind of at their discretion uh, if they want that team or not to host it, which I just think is fascinating I don't know if that's written based on, you know, if Cavalier FC, this Jamaican team with this smaller, you know, stadium, if they end up making the final, does that mean, you know, CONCACAF says, Hey, we're actually going to go to a neutral site with a larger, you know, venue to make more money. Um, I just kind of thought that rule was, was fascinating, but um Zach, you know, another point that we wanted to make was, uh, you know, the ranking system. So yeah. how we got seated based on this, it's kind of, you know, based on, um, again, the rankings in CONCACAF, where you stand, which is, again, you know, a product of league standings, cup standings, and things like that, and how they come up with this. SC Cincinnati is a little bit lower than I would have expected. I think they're sitting at like 12th or 14th right now. Uh, for winning supporter Shield, that is kind of low, and there's some other teams. Is it 13? 13. 13. So yeah, I mean, kind of low compared to some other MLS teams, Philly's ahead of us. Uh, I think Nashville's up there as well. And it's like, okay, that's, that's kind of fascinating. Um, but yeah, Columbus is too. Yep. Yep. Uh, we won't touch on that one too much, but uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I think this is a really good opportunity for FC Cincinnati to kind of display, um, you know, what they have on more of a, a regional scale. Um, guys, I don't know if you realize this or not. This is the, First time FC Cincinnati has played outside of the U S in Canada. A little fun fact there. They've never played in Mexico. They've never played in some of the other places, you know, we've played those teams, but we've never played in those countries. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really looking forward at least on this Thursday to see SC Cincinnati support in Jamaica. I know there's several people that are going down for this game. Um, so it's going to be pretty awesome. But overall, if we look at a grand scheme of what this means, I know we're a little bit all over the place, but, what's at stake? What, why, you know, are we in this competition? Um, we have a chance to make it to the club world cup in 2025, um, which would allow us to play against all of these great teams in Europe and possibly South America, um, you know, potentially over in Asia as well. But, you know, we're talking Real Madrid, Manchester city, you know, we're talking these greats, you know, um, down, you know, in Argentina, you have Boca. We, we have such an opportunity to play these great teams, um, and we actually would host it, you know, in America. This tournament, the Club World Cup in 2025, is in the U.S. So, would be pretty special to support FC Cincinnati, you know, against like Real Madrid or something if we end up winning this. So, it is a big deal, and I think that Pat's going to prioritize that now. More recent, based on today, you know, we'll kind of get into. FC Cincinnati's road now and, you know, some of the experience we have. um, One thing I just wanted to kind of comment on is Pat Noonan said that there's going to be some guys that won't be available for this upcoming game on Thursday. Um, So that's something to look at. Um, Our road as it stands would again be Cavalier, possibly a rematch or I guess not a rematch, but a reunion with Brandon Vasquez at Monterey. That would be our possible next game. And then possibly after that, if we went against Nashville or Inter-Miami, depending on how those results kind of shake out. So a lot of cool storylines as we kind of go along. But, you know, as Pat Newton likes to say, one game at a time. Um, Sam, anything you're looking at, you know, in FC Cincinnati's road or about this tournament in general?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I see it all the time, and it's going to be very tempting for us to look ahead and, and look at the reunion possibly with Brandon Vasquez. Um, let's, let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like let's, let's take care of business. Let's take care of Cavalier. Um, don't want to overlook a a little guy down in Jamaica. Um, you had touched on, you know, them having an extremely small stadium. Um, they'll be playing FC Cincinnati will be playing in Jamaica at a stadium of a capacity of 3000, um, to give you a little bit of an equivalent, that would be equivalent of a USL one or USL two. Um,
0: kind of stadium. I believe their home stadium is adjacent to the national team stadium, and for this game, I believe they're playing in the national team stadium. However, I thought that originally, but I I think that's the case.
1: Might be a little bit bigger than.
0: I I think it's a little bit, but still, it's not massive. It's not twenty six thousand, but yeah, it, it's going to be.
1: Alright, so then an, awesome an equivalent would be USL Championship. How's that? Perfect.
0: I think. The- <laughs> kind of lay this out for you guys to tell you how crazy this is last year in a CONCACAF champions cup game, there were dogs running onto the field in one of the games. So anything can happen in these games, the field, the pitch, you know, might be a different surface or very bumpy or who knows what kind of surface they're going to play on. Um, So that'll be interesting. Zach, any of your thoughts? Yeah,
2: I I really did want to touch on, um, I know, I know we were throwing around rankings and stuff like that. And, and I think I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit because it's really interesting seeing, you know, Cavalier versus FC Cincinnati, you know, how they're ranked and and where they sit. Um, so, so really the CONCACAF club ranking. So you're weighted um, higher based off, you know, the champions league, and then it's like regional cups, like leagues cup. Um, and then it's your division league. Um, and then your lower, you know, your domestic cups, like U um, S open cup. So, your win or lose, um, depending on some of those, it's weighed higher or lower. So, really, ranking is based on the difference between the match's outcome and the expected outcome. So, um, really, you you have three outcomes: win, lose, and draw um, for the match actual outcome, and then you've got your expected. So, what what the uh, pundits you know expect, or you know what the um, the expected goal you know goal differential and expected goals and etc. So um, there's there's a difference there but um, you also gain based off your, your winnings. you know you it's whether it's an international or domestic match um, your ranking home field advantage actually plays into your club ranking as well whether you're winning at home or you're you're beating a home or winning at a, away right right um, and then just the match result in general so if it's a win um, loss draw etc and then that'll move you up or down based off those points. Um, but really it's important because, because this ranking influences our draw seed for CONCACAF tournaments. So, you know, further down the line, you know, when we're beating like the higher Mexican teams in the champions league, then we're going to get a bigger bump on, on our our ranking. So as you know, um, FC Cincinnati sitting at rank 13 with 1,189 points. Cavalier is sitting at rank 100 with 1,040 points. So to put that in their perspective, so Valor FC, they're um, in the Canadian Premier Division, right? Or uh, Premier League. They're, they were last place in 2023. And so eighth place with record of 6, 8, and 14. They were ranked 96, whereas... Cavalier was ranked 100. So that puts you into perspective on, you know, what kind of competition we might be playing. So I I thought that was a pretty interesting um, comparison there. Yeah, um,
3: I'm more of a uh, one-game-at-a-time kind of guy. So looking at the Cavaliers right now, fellas, they're hot. They're 8-0-1 in January. And going to Zach's point – the competition level may not be up to par, like it is in in the Canadian Premier League or the MLS. But when you got a team that's eight zero and one, that's that's sprays confidence for that club. So that's one thing to think about. Their only tie was Tivoli Gardens, which I know nothing about. Um, however, I do know they are worse than the Cavaliers. Ranking was ranking was so. I mean we're looking at a team that's a two time Jamaican champion in twenty twenty one and the eighty eighty not eighty eighty one seasons <laughs> that's um, a long time ago <laughs> very long time ago very yeah. so um when you look at some of their top arrivals they just got or have gotten in the past couple of years nicholas hamilton doesn't doesn't do a lot for me and dwayne askins so At the end of the day, like Zach said, we're playing a subpar team and uh, let's just sweep them up and get out of there.
0: Yeah. I mean, great, I guess, stats on that team, too. I mean, they've been around for a while. I didn't realize that. Um, And didn't know they got a football player there. Do they really? Yeah. Dwayne Haskins. (laughs) No.
3: Atkinson. Repeat (laughs) that.
0: Yeah, I don't think any of them. I was looking at their transfer market, you know, values. I think the highest one is like fifty thousand or something like that.
1: So only only three of their like thirty three rostered players on the CONCACAF website are not Jamaican.
0: That's fascinating. I mean, yeah, I mean they like to keep their own, and that's what that tells me. They really enjoy their football or soccer down there. Um, They're apparently a pretty direct team from what everyone is saying about them. And if you go and look on their Instagram, they're calling this the game of the year, you know, against FC Cincinnati. So uh, we'll kind of be interesting to see as our first, you know, game of our official season um, to see, but guys, I think we, we bring a lot of experience into this tournament. I mentioned it on a prior podcast. We have seven players with champions cup appearances, totaling, I think 26 total. Alvis Powell has the only goal uh, in the champions cup or champions league at the time uh with players you know that have appearances so i think alvis powell is gonna play and start honestly i I feel like pat goes with uh an inspired alvis powell playing in his home country um they're playing in kingston jamaica in their national team stadium so i would imagine he's gonna have a lot of people there um i would imagine omar cummings is gonna be there too you know being the Jamaican that he is too, so uh, it's really kind of exciting. Some of the storylines that we have about this, um, and having them come to Cincinnati too, um, you know, what does that look like in terms of their fans coming to see their team play? You know, we'll touch on that. You know, possibly next week on after this first game, how does that change Pat's you know mentality going into it? Um, I really think you know this game Thursday sets the tone, like we mentioned, and. With having some guys out, you might see a little bit of a rotated roster, but um, still a solid one because they're building towards Sunday's game. Maybe we don't get every single guy in every position, but I hope it's enough for us to pull out the result. You know, Just as we see the U.S. go down and play in Jamaica or some of these other you know, countries, uh, it's difficult. It's a loud environment. It's on a tough pitch. You have some travel that's involved with it too. Um, they're not going to be easy games by any means. You know, we see that with the U.S. and the way that they play. So um, let, let's get ahead of it. Like you said, Z, like let's score early and often and put them away. Uh, and then, you know, we'll start thinking about Monterey after that. Um, but any final thoughts on Champions Cup that you guys have?
1: No, not not particularly. I mean, you, you had mentioned, though, we got another game on Sunday, though. Right. So t- to touch on and preview that, because um, once again, we got...
0: Can I make one real quick? If you're on a segue to the Toronto game, for all FC Cincinnati fans looking to watch Champions Cup, it's going to be on Fox Soccer. So FS1 and FS2 is going to be your best way to see those games. Um, I don't believe they have them on Apple TV this year because it's not a MLS-sanctioned one, but look out for FS1, FS2. Um, Sam, go ahead and transition us now. No,
1: yeah. I, I mean, we got Toronto... Um coming up for the first MLS game here on Sunday. So we got a two for four you on this episode. Um, looking at the all time series, we're we're ahead. Um, it, it, we've actually had no draws against them ever, which is is pretty interesting. So we're six, oh and four all time against them in the MLS. Um, last season beat them twice, three o at our place, and then three two to win the reporter shield against them up in Toronto um, at at BMO field. Um, but the last time that they had actually beat us was September 29th, 2021. And that was a 3 2 win for them, um, in front of, I believe, is a, it was kind of a post COVID crowd. It looked like last time I saw there was only like 5,000 people in, in attendance, which maybe that's the regular attendance for Toronto FC games. Um, but I mean, it, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, that's the next game we got coming up, and I'm interested to see what what the guys think.
2: Yeah, the um, I, so with with you know coming out of Cavalier game, if 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 we lay it on them, get high 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 scoring, you know, rotate, um, maybe halftime or you know, a little like a seventy minute or a sixty minute, you know, ro- heavy rotation. I think we'll be able to um, you know. Could come out with with a uh, toronto like full speed you know i i think with toronto it's because you're going from jamaica all the way to canada in four days time right so that's a lot of traveling
0: we're going we're aren't we playing at home though i thought this one was uh is it's it a is game. it not away that's a home game, it's a home game oh.
2: damn i what what was i thinking i don't know what i was thinking um anyway but still I mean that's that's a lot of traveling in in uh four days and you know turning around they haven't we haven't even played much practice here right so you know getting used to the weather again and you know um I I think the lineup wise I think we're gonna um because you don't know how we're gonna play with Cavaliers so you can't really it's hard to say what the lineup's gonna be against Toronto, you know, because they're not gonna be in the champions cup. So they're not they're gonna come out full force. So it will be interesting.
3: Yeah. Um like Sam said, 6 0 and 4 against them in the in the total times we played. I I wasn't sure if you guys noticed or not, but they recently got Kevin Long, uh, which I think is a huge pickup for them as a defender piece. So I want to would be interested to see like what kind of role he would play um, playing against uh, an FC Cincinnati team that hopefully sweeps the Cavaliers under the rug and then see how they can stop us from there. Um, I have been looking around Twitter, also known as X. um, And I recently came upon some, some chirping from LAFC fans about their jersey reveal kits uh for the 2024 season and how it's kind of an ovo color combination and I'm really confused why Toronto didn't pick this up meaning that some sort of drake atmosphere um would be in the aroma of the atmosphere so um that's their beloved guy up there and I'm I'm kind of confused why Toronto didn't pick that up and LAFC beat them to it
0: Yeah. I don't know if Drake, uh, doesn't see soccer the same way. I mean, it sounds like he's a big, uh, Toronto Raptors fan, but, um, yeah, they're missing out, man. Uh, (laughs) Toronto FC is down bad, especially with how bad they've been in the MLS. Um, I think their jerseys are also hot garbage this year. So go and check those out. Uh, their white kits are worse than our white kits. Um, So yeah, we might see that on Sunday as well. Um, So I don't think we're going to have a white on white situation, but maybe you get to see their terrible kits. Uh, No, Um, but anyway, going back to the lineups. Yeah. You guys make a good point. Um, Coming off of Cavaliers game on Thursday. uh, Yeah, Zach, you're going to get more of your traditional MLS type roster lineup, you know, for that Um, big things to look for left wing back. Is it Barrial? Is it Orlando? Kubo? Is he your right wing back to start? Or do you go with Powell, who has more experience in MLS games? Look for that. Um, everywhere else, I think you're pretty much solidified at this point.
1: I, w- I would even say on, on the center back part, like with Miazga, like is he starting, is he not? Do you for go sure. like Kip Keller or do you go Powell in a, in a more center back role um, and then, you know, have, you know, Paul or you have Orlando and Barial, right? Left wing back, uh, right wing back. Like, how does that look if you know Miazga is out? Because I, I think that definitely shakes up the squad, and it gives us a little glimpse of okay, if a big piece is out early, how does this FC Cincinnati team adjust?
0: Well, especially with you know Toronto has Bernadeschi and they have Insigne. I mean, two historically you know very good players haven't left up lived up to their expectations for Toronto in the past year, you know, maybe two now Um, they come out with a fresh start, you know, and maybe a little bit of uh, bitterness from the last time that we played them. You know, the last time we beat them, like you guys mentioned, we beat them and we won supporter shield at their stadium. Um, That's also the game. If you guys remember that Insigne was in the stands in arguing with fans too. Um, So you have that part. And then you have Bernadeschi and the Ray Gattis situation too. So there's a little bit of some heat between them um, or, you know, from recent memories in the game. So does that play into things? Probably not. It, it, but
2: it, And, and you know, it, it doesn't matter if they have Bernadeschi or Insigne because they're coming off a wooden spoon win. So, True. you know, I, that's all I'm saying, you know, <laughs> that, I'm going to leave it at that.
0: I feel pretty confident. If we can put some goals in the back of the net, you know, I think we do pretty well. I'm going to give my early shout-out for score prediction as a 3-1 to one win, just because, like Sam mentioned, Miyazu is going to be out. So we're going to have 3-0, and then they get a late goal, so 3-1. My person that's pulling the, the sword, look out for Ray Gaddis. He's coming for that sword now that he's officially gone. And how meaningful – you know, with his rivalry with Bernadeski, to do it in this game, that'd be pretty special.
1: Yeah, I think score predictions for me, um, Ryan took it. I was gonna go three one, um, so I'll, I'll stay the same with Ryan. But yeah, for my my uh, my sword pull, I'm going out there. Um, I'm gonna go with Cat Williams. Um, Cat Williams is originally from Cincinnati. Um, grew up in Dayton. Um, he's been on the news a lot lately uh, via the the Shannon Sharp you know club shay shay podcast things he has been saying on there um but overall he's just a great comedian great comedian great guy um i think he would bring ultimate vibes to the stadium um would be a definite surprise right for the the very first game and um you know him being in a in a probably a soccer game in general to be honest with you but uh yeah i'm going with cat williams there
2: that is a shocker for me honestly um i'm, I'm going to go with a um uh... 2-0 win. Um, obviously, FC. We're going to shut them out. Um, you know, start those clean sheets early, right? Pulling um, a sword. Honestly, I I don't have anybody. Like, I really... If this is going to be a continuous segment that we're going to do, then I'm going to really need to start taking it into some uh, deep pockets. Cincinnati pocket, culture
0: know. or something, yeah.
2: Yeah. But honestly, I... I don't have a pull sword puller this 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 match.
3: Unlike Zach, I do have a sword puller. But first, <laughs> I'm gonna start with the score. Um, I'm gonna go five zero. Obviously FC. I think uh, we're coming out of nowhere, and goals are gonna be hot. Um, now my uh, my sword prediction is gonna be out there as well, just like my goal score. Uh, I'm going T Kels, Travis Kelsey coming back from Kansas City. Um. Obviously, like everybody knows, Kansas City won the Super Bowl. So, is he coming back to Cincinnati to pull that sword to start off the season
0: hot? We'll he did see. mention in one New Heights podcast that he was interested in a stake in FC Cincinnati. He did. He did. There, there I, is I, some I, thought to that. I'd
1: rather see. I mean, as a as a Bengals fan, I'd rather see a Jason Kelsey appearance than sure. a, than a Travis Kelsey appearance. Probably from that perspective. Um. Plus, he probably. Take his shirt off, um, as well, and, and wave it around, um. So he'd definitely get the Bailey pretty lit on that one. Um, good good shout out there, Zach. Though,
0: yeah, another thing to look out for. Again, this game is on Sunday. It's the first MLS uh, season game of the year. It's at two thirty. We're gonna have a nice tifo for this. Um, shout out to this new supporters, uh, section if you want to call them the FC Cincinnati Forge. Um, who is this independent TIFO, you know, making um, group. So pretty cool that they're actually coming together to make these TIFOs. I hope in 2024, we see more TIFOs. So again, for everyone listening, get out there. There's opportunities to be a part of this, to paint it and create um, because every game, or I should say every big game we had been doing one, but I hope we see this more routinely because there's a lot of cool opportunities for that. So um, I think that's a good recap. You know, again, we we did a nice preview of these games coming up. We obviously um, are very excited, you know, about this season starting, especially coming off of last year and winning our first trophy. So um, we're pumped for more. This is going to be a special year with a good team, uh, returning a lot of good players and a lot of continuity and coaches. So um, look out for all of that, and we hope to see you guys there. But before we go, we'll do a trivia question and answer for you. So again, the question being, what is FC Cincinnati's overall record in the opening day games? Um, Sam, if you remind me on yours, I believe you said, was it two, two and four? Zach? Yep. Yours?
2: I was four and four.
0: Four and four. And Zach, I believe you or Z, you said three and five. So kind of interesting for this one, guys. Um, the answer was two, one and five so yeah um 2017 uh, actually should say 2016 started with a loss 2017 a loss 2018 the year we won the regular season usl we got a win 2019 first year in mls we've lost 2020 we lost 2021 20, we tied in nashville 2022 we lost and that was at austin terrible game uh in 2023 uh <laughs> We got the dub against Houston, so a nice two-one win at home. So only the, you know, second time I believe in the MLS that we've actually, you know, started the year at home. Um, But we're hoping to get a win and to start this year out right. You know, hopefully by the time we see you guys next week, we'll have two wins in two different competitions. Um, But thanks, guys, again for joining tonight, and thank you everyone who's listening. We'll see you guys next week.